Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Jackson tosses high and intercepted off the deflection. It's Kevin Byard. And Jackson is going to come up short again. Are now in a 21-6 hole. Jackson tries to sidestep. And Jackson loses the ball. Titans got on it quickly. Winner there will meet the winner of this one. Stepping in for the interception, Kenny Vaccaro. Second and ten to the end zone again, and it is intercepted. Intercepted by Dion Bush. We just got to put points on the board. That's the, that's the thing right now. It's not nothing we could have did better uh, to prepare for the game. We put points on the board, and we'll be talking about something else right now. You heard some low lights, and then you heard Lamar Jackson about putting points on the board. And the reality is, save for that second half against Houston, in the Lamar Jackson era, the Ravens have had trouble putting points on the board in the playoffs. He's now 2-4 and four as a starter in the playoffs. How big a concern is this as we move forward? I think at this point you'd have to be naive or, or you know, just – a. a letting sort of purple and black pom-poms guide you if you don't at least um, feel like this needs to be identified as a concern, as an area that must improve, it must improve immediately. Uh, and this is a big enough sample size now to mm-hmm. where I can't write it off and, and I can't um, excuse it, frankly. Uh, you know, he, he's got a career passer rating of 75.7 in the playoffs. That's that's failure territory. Like, that's horrible. And individually, in all these games, he's only registered a passer rating of 79 or above once in six postseason games. So I, I can't write it off. And when he decides not to activate his legs to supplement what had been a piss-poor passing attack then I think it begs even more questions about someone who is a master and a genius at winning regular season games. Just it, He hasn't been able to unlock it in the postseason. And it is about ultimately not the box score, not the passer ratings I was just talking about, but the ability to score points, as he said in that clip, and win games. And that's not happening. He mm-hmm. does not manage games well in the playoffs. You know, I mean, we're talking about six interceptions to six touchdowns. Uh, 
And I really feel like for some reason for him in the playoffs, he's got to start fast. And there's just something that goes on. We can go back through these games, right? And the pass to Andrews against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? It wasn't complete. And it, they didn't really get going as an offense again until the second half. And it was too little, too late. They had a nice initial drive going down the field against Buffalo until the wind and the environment caught up to them and they don't get points there. And then they're in a funk the rest of the day. Like, it's just, it's it's been the same, like the three and out early here. And yeah, he has an off script pass to Flowers, but he he never seemed to be totally in control in this game. I mean, hell, the best game he's played in the playoffs by far against, let's face it, a pretty inferior Texans team at home mm-hmm. with better health and better rest. The first half was god awful. Yeah, it was really bad. And again, in that game, Munkin made adjustments at the half. In this game, I felt like yes, Lamar needs to start fast, and there's and, and Lamar is is not unexcused in this game. But where was his coaching staff to help him in this game? Like, and it's still. If you get by this game with a win and you make some adjustments, then maybe this this narrative is here because I, he lost his game. I mentioned start fast with the Texans just for team-wide for them to exhale. Look, they went three and out to start the football game against the Chiefs, yeah. but they came back and scored a touchdown. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson made a highlight play where you're thinking, You'd think okay, that would get him going. Exactly. And it did not. And... We did multiple segments last week about Mahomes' numbers in the regular season compared to the postseason. And I'm not putting him in the Mahomes category. But I don't expect Lamar's numbers to be as great and illustrious as they are in the regular season as the postseason. That being said, I don't expect it to be the significant drop-off that it is. Career, 64.5% completion percentage in the regular season. 57.4% in the postseason. That's a 7% drop. You mentioned the passer rating, Jason. 75.7 in the playoffs. 98 in the postseason. That's 23 points there. uh, The yards per attempt go down by 7 tenths of a yard. He hasn't been good enough, and he's talked about this. He talked about it a couple weeks ago. He never won a state championship in high school. Mm. He never won a bowl game. In college. I don't know what it is, but we had Charles Davis on yesterday who knows football inside out, watches football, uh, you know, film and analyst. He thought Lamar was pressing, and I think anyone that was watching that game would agree. Well, the reality is they've scored 17 points or less in four of his six playoff games. Mm -hmm. They haven't scored over 20 in five of six. And here's what the defense... Has given up. Even that Chargers game, right? And everybody, it, it felt like they were, you know, lost by a million points and the game lost was over. Yeah. You have 23 points. Yeah. 23. And that was with the offense doing yeah. them no yeah, favors. 23, 28. That's obviously the Titans game. Yeah. Here. 13, 17, 24, 10, 17. It has not been 18 points. If he could score 18 points a game. He'd at least have a 500 career playoff record. Hell, it might be four and two. Like, yeah, I'm concerned. Like, I think it's within him. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but like Ryan uh, Shell, our producer, put an interesting uh, tweet into our text feed. Someone broke down Lamar versus Peyton Manning, and 
how they have identical numbers through this sample size. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a good thing. Because Peyton Manning could never get by Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, you've got Brady two point. Like, let's be real. If Mahomes wins this game, he now has he's got stage one dynasty. Brady was two dynasties in one, mm-hmm. right? It was a dynasty. It was a lull. It was a age 32 to age 36 dynasty. Okay? Mahomes wins this Super Bowl. He's he's beating Brady's pace at Dynasty 1. Beating it significantly. So that's not going away. So, like, being Peyton Manning in the playoffs, who I got news for you, he came up ass short all the time. Yeah. he's He, he was notorious worse in the playoffs. Peyton Manning's got more one-and-dones than anybody. And, yeah. Peyton Manning sucked in the playoffs, so it's a newsflash. And, he beat Rex Grossman once, and he wasn't even that good. Joseph Adai and Bob Sanders won the both, game. And the Denver Super Bowl was both, the defense. Both Super Bowls, he was dragged. I mean, he had like, three touchdowns so that's and the, seven If that's the comp, we got a problem. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if that's the postseason comp, and Peyton Manning couldn't move. At the best of times, this kid's the greatest running quarterback in NFL history. And you're going to abandon that because you want to throw 50-yard routes down the sidelines with, with only two guys running and a safety over one of them, and you think that's going to accomplish something? We got a poll up saying we defend the hell out of Lamar on this show, but the playoff performances have been spotty. Sunday was not good. We already know the 2024 Ravens season will be defined by how well the QB plays in the postseason. So we ask Ravens Flock, how concerned are you by this trend? Already over 550 votes in. IA1057, the fans, how you find us on Twitter. Pretty split. 32% pretty worried. 28.1% a little concerned. 24.4% LJ will get his rings. 15.5% I'm freaking out. Split up. I, I voted a little concerned. <laughs> Another one like this, and it's going to jump up uh, mightily. We have a huge show today. Guess why? Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network. Well, I, she's got some explaining to do about both of these games over the weekend from NFL Network at 3 o'clock. Rita Hubbard, weekly chat at 3.30. Odyssey, NFL insider Mark Slareth at 4 o'clock. And Chris Knocky, Terps, big win over the weekend. We'll get to that today. He, of course, calls the games with Johnny Holiday. He joins at 4.30. Oh, and our own Cordell Woodland at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, look, we will continue to dissect the remnants of this game and start spinning things gradually forward into the future. Senior Bowl practice is already going on, man. The offseason comes at you fast. A lot of weird stuff going on in the NFL coaching markets and what that might mean for Mike McDonald. And yeah, we're going to talk a little O's and talk a little Terps. Um, The Terps look like they've salvaged their season and we're about two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting and the Orioles have done nothing other than sign a closer. Coming up next, a lot of blame to go around in this game uh, on Sunday for the Ravens, but we got one uh, thing that we're, we're a little tired of, a little necessary roughness. Uh, if you're blaming the officials for this loss, stop it, in the words of <laughs> Troy Vincent. <laughs> we're going to say something next here on The Fan. Inside Access. This may be a flag. No flags. Let's see if we can get an even better view here. No replays. This is necessary. Roughness. Brought to you by First Preference Mortgage, your full-service lender. Call 410-529-5400. It might get ugly right now. Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman. Inside Access. It is getting ugly right now. On 105.7 The Fan. Ravens lose 17-10 on Sunday. They got called for eight penalties for 95 yards. The Chiefs, three for 32, were on back-to-back plays, holding penalties on on, uh, Smith. But one of the refrains I've heard 
and seeing, I'm sure you guys have at least seen it on social media, people complaining about the officials in this game, the no P.I. on Isaiah Likely in the end zone and throwing triple coverage. He did get tackled on a play right before they kicked the field goal to make it 17-10. I'm not blaming the officials for this loss whatsoever. What say you? Look, (laughs) scored 10 points at home. Yeah. Now, I, look, could there have been some things called a little differently? Sure, but it became pretty clear early in that game that there weren't going to be a whole lot of defensive holds. There weren't going to be a whole lot of PIs. And so, and that was true, I thought, across the board. Um, you know what? Don't throw the ball 40 times and maybe we're not talking about it as much. Yeah. And by the way, the, the other sh- guys ran it 32 times. And they had a touchdown on a quick screen that was nullified by what looked like a, ha- a phantom holding call. Yeah. So it goes both ways. And, and like the league protects quarterbacks. Like yeah. that's well known. So like Don't punch if him you in the start face. getting in spats with other skill position guys around the quarterback where the quarterback might be knocked into or you touch the quarterback's helmet and they see it, that's automatic, baby. Like that's... In a game, especially a game of this magnitude, a championship game with arguably the greatest quarterback in NFL history, you, you, I guarantee you it was a point of emphasis in their meetings all week long. And honestly, I thought they got away with one hitting him below the knee. That was the Matabike case. So. Yeah. I mean, I, he wasn't pushing it. No one went back and watched it this morning. I was surprised in the like, moment. Like I was it. shocked that didn't get called. Yeah. So, no, that's not why they lost. No, there's not some grand conspiracy. No, the league office didn't beat them. They beat themselves. That's harder to live with. That's harder to to, to to get your head around, right? Because this was a team that excelled at meeting every challenge and not only meeting it, rubbing the other team's face in it. This was the opposite. This was like the Pittsburgh game. This was like the second half of the Cleveland game. That's who they were at their worst. And there was enough of that exposed in this game to where they undermined their own chances to go to a Super Bowl, where I think, frankly, they'd have beat the piss out of the 49ers, but we'll never know. Uh, and the penalties that were called on them, and what, they had four or five 15-yard penalties against them. I mean, are there any that I hate? Travis Jones punched. You can't hit him in the head. You did it in July <laughs> at practice. You did it in the preseason. <laughs> I screamed about it. <laughs> you do it. You don't play. You, you've got too much of a reputation as a headhunter for a guy who don't play that much. Jadavion Clowney, I mean, that was textbook yeah. roughing the Calvin Noy headbutted well. a guy. Kyle yeah, like, come on. And, and Zay Flowers, dude, you pushed him to the ground, then he spun the football. You made a production out flexed. of it. Yeah. If, you didn't get, if, you did, if they didn't get you for, the, for throwing the ball, they would get you for hovering over him or the gesture afterwards. Like, it's a three for yeah. one. Yeah, and, and the... Interception and triple cover. Like, dude, just don't even throw that. The one that I have issue with was the likely third down play. Yeah, yeah. that that was blatant defensive holding. It was uncatchable, so not pass interference, but blatant defensive holding, which would have gave him an automatic first down. But, Ken, you mentioned it. There were multiple that the Ravens got away. Justice Hill tripped Chris Jones in in the the end end zone. zone. That's a safety. That's a safety. I still bring up the Rashad Bateman. I mean, I have never seen uh, a whistle blown as quickly as that was because that was a blatant fumble that uh, the Ravens Forward got progress stopped. I, I mean, that was right at the contact. So, no, it, it had nothing to do with the officiating. I mean, it, it, your offense put up 10 points. Your defense held up their end of the bargain. They held a Patrick Mahomes offense to 17 points, shut him out in the second half 
if we knew that heading into the game, if John Harbaugh and 53-man uh, roster knew that, they'd all say they'd win that football game. They'd sign up for that. Yeah, if, if, their, if their offensive game plan wasn't completely up their own rear ends, then maybe they score more points and you wouldn't be complaining about the officials. Like they, they, they did this to themselves. This was self-inflicted. The officials did not lose this football game. It's pretty simple. Which which quarterback played better? Pat Mahomes. Which team protected the football better? Pat, uh, the Chiefs. Which team held the ball significantly, long, significantly longer than the other? Chiefs. Chiefs. Which team overall got the better coaching performance? Chiefs. Chiefs. There you go. Yeah. That's that's how you lose home championship games. Not the officials. Yeah, you, th- there was a three to nothing turnover edge, and we came into the game. What were the Ravens plus twelve and the Chiefs minus eleven? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Minus 11, they were tied for 28th, the yeah. Chiefs were. And they get the 3 nothing edge in this game. Like, that's how you, that's that's how you lose That's why you lose. That's why you were filling up hefty bags yesterday and not sitting in meeting rooms watching film of Brock Purdy peeing down his leg again. And you know what else Patrick Mahomes didn't do on Sunday? He didn't throw into triple coverage. No, he did not. He did not play hero ball. He yeah. took what was there. He completed... I mean, even the Kelsey eleven for eleven for hundred and ten yeah, yards. Yeah. Was, they weren't trying no. to be something. They weren't trying to take things that weren't there. They weren't worried about air yards per attempt. They weren't worrying about splash plays. They managed the football game at a master class level on a day that the Ravens didn't come close to that. No, they didn't. The, the deepest ball that he threw, all the deepest completion all day, was the last play to Valdez Gantling, like the the third and, and ten. Yeah. Well, that that sealed the game. That was the the deepest complete or the longest completion he had the whole day. They were dinking and dunking. Kelsey's longest was twenty one. The touchdown was nineteen. Yeah. It was a, a death by a thousand cuts. Yes, it and was. the Ravens could not recover from that. And then on offense, I I still I went to bed last night complaining to my girlfriend about like I still don't comprehend what the hell they were doing on Sunday and how you didn't make an adjustment at halftime. We gave the stat yesterday, Jason, that San Francisco was down 17 at the half. They ran the ball nine times before there was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Ravens were down 10 and ran it twice the second half. Well, it was funny. I was driving Mateo to baseball practice last night, and I'm listening to that jackass Bill Polian. Um and he's taking a victory lap, and he's, you know, hey, oh, you know, dad. all you got to do is put seven in the box like Spags did, and you stop him. And I'm thinking, wait, you're the one who called him a running back, and, and you were all upset because they could they could run on eight-man boxes because they were playing option football. So he does this whole diatribe, you know, and he's all, you know, you can, you can coach yourself right out of that, and they've got limits, and I knew Spags was going to shut him down, da-da-da. And then, like, finally at the end, he's like, well, you know, unless they ran the ball like they used to, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> a-hole. That's the whole point. They can't. It wasn't eight man boxes. It was some seven man boxes. They never brought in Kohler, the blocking tight end, stuck him with Ricard, right? That's seven on seven, and made you defend the quarterback as a running back in the option game. They never did it. No. That was the cheat code. Like, yeah, you never forced Spags to adjust back. He just played into his hands. Yeah. You didn't bit. run the ball at all, abandoned it. Ho, 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 I told you you could take that stuff away. They didn't even try it, old man. Yeah, he baited them, and they didn't take it. They, they didn't. Ah. Anyway, coming up next, we had some breaking NFL news earlier today concerning Ben Johnson. He is the offensive coordinator of the Lions. He's staying in Detroit. He's going to say he wants to win a Super Bowl in Detroit. But what does that mean for Mike McDonald? And with Mike McDonald leaving, what does this mean for the Ravens? And who will be- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Their defensive coordinator will discuss next here on The Fan. Inside Access. The purple and black playoff push. Jackson's going to get it. All the way. Touchdown, Baltimore. 105.7 of the fan. Kansas City huddles up. Fourth, less than a yard. Handoff, Pacheco trying to get there. Pacheco gets stuffed. Not enough. Travis Jones, Washington, Hamilton all in to make the stop. Pick the handoff. Mahomes. Gets hit down low. Mahomes wouldn't go down as Matapike got down there. That is the first sack of the day for the Ravens' defense. I think Mike's going to do a really good job. If he gets a head coaching job, he's going to be really, really good. Very solid coach. Very good at X's and O's. Very good at communicating and getting the team galvanized in the right direction for the main goal. He loves football. You know, I think that's awesome for him to get looked at a head coaching at such a young age that he has, I guess, in the league. But, you know, hats off to him. He called a great season as a D coordinator, and I think it, whoever gets him, if he gets the cycle this year, if not, he's going to be at the tops next year and the year after that. So um, I expect big things out of him. Ian Eagle on Westwood One's call, a game you heard right here on 105.7 The Fan. Some of the defensive highlights, and after giving up touchdowns on the first two drives, the Ravens held the Chiefs to three points the rest of the game. And then Kyle Van Oy, Raven for life, uh, talking about hmm. Mike McDonald and his head coaching prospects. And there are still two job openings, the Seahawks and the Commanders. And Ben Johnson, who seemed to be a week ago a lock for the Commanders job, told both teams he wants to stay in Detroit, so he's taking himself out of the running 
Mike McDonald, what a difference a week makes, Jason. We thought Mike McDonald was going to be left without a seat when the music stopped. Now I got to think he gets one of these jobs. Well, I don't know. I would. I mean, this is taking so many twists and turns that I um, I would say um, that I don't know that these teams themselves know exactly what they're going to do. I mean, the worst kept secret in the world was that the Commanders were flying to Detroit to hire, you know, to give Ben Johnson. Um, pretty much within reason, whatever he wanted to be their next head coach. And he decided not even to entertain that possibility. Um, uh, he and his agent better get their stuff together. <laughs> like, it's two years uh, in a row now. if you don't think you want it, you best tell them before they wait until the Super Bowl, you know, or damn close to the Super Bowl to try to hire you. Like, you know, you should probably know by the first interview, whether you want to remain in the process or not. And, um, you don't want to take the Panthers' job last year. That's fine, and and you gamble on yourself, and you get to a championship game. Um, ah, look, do I think he's in a position to tell a guy like Josh Harris starting something new in Washington, where they're going to get a new stadium built, and you're going to get your pick of any quarterback in this draft, not named Caleb Williams, and you're sitting on a surplus of picks from them trading Chase Young and trading Sweat. Sweat. And you got cap room, don't you? And he's going to let you operate. And they hired the GM. They hired is is it wasn't like a weird hire. It wasn't anything like you know based on nepotism or favoritism. Like Peters deserved this opportunity. Like he's coming from a family tree that's having a lot of success. Hell, it worked really quickly in Houston, right? Once they got some San Francisco people in the building, I. Think it's a little, little cute, and I, I don't know. Like, was it Chargers or bust for you? You know, I, I, whatever. Like, like, what do we? What we all know? What jobs were open? Mm-hmm. If anything, it shrunk. It didn't expand as much as we thought of. Maybe with Dallas and and Philadelphia, but he was already going through the process when those played out. Um, look, I'd hire Mike McDonald. I, I, I'd, I'd hire him immediately. Uh, I do wonder though if this gets some like someone like a little gun shy maybe in Seattle and they're like okay you know what why don't we just hire Mike Vrabel you know what I mean like he's done it mm. or Dan Quinn like eh, okay maybe maybe it's that's like there's a red blinking light here saying let's just do that um, and could Washington hire McDonald I mean they absolutely could but like. It's really all about the quarterback there, and I don't know who his offensive coordinator would be, is but that, that's a big, that's a huge question. So does that mean, could it possibly be Slowick in Washington? And the other factor is usually sure when a team fires a defensive coach, they want to go opposite. Well, and again, they're going to have their pick of any quarterback in the draft other than one. So, like, again, unless you think Mike McDonald from day one is going to be able to build an unbelievable offensive staff, yes, I would probably think they're leaning to the offensive side of the ball. Like, I, I can't imagine bringing in Dan Quinn. That's like Ron Rivera 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think Vrabel is probably a fit. This this owner seemed to want somebody to come in fresh with him and someone, you know, with, with uh, all the time in the world in front of him and kind of a blank slate where they could grow together. So McDonald still fits that mold, obviously, but... What does his offensive staff look like? Whereas if you hire Bobby Slowick, you already know who you're getting as a play caller and a quarterback guy and et cetera. So, and you obviously know what just happened with C.J. Stroud. Uh, what, the, the the second quarterback mm. taken in a draft yep. just nine months ago. So, yeah, I, I mean, Seattle will be interesting. Um, 
And look, Mike McDonald also, like, he might be like, eh. Did either of these guys, like, did they really want me? Like, Seattle didn't go gangbusters on him before the playoffs started, right? They kind of jumped in late. Mm -hmm. And Washington was just flying to Detroit to offer somebody else the job. So maybe he's like, eh. You mentioned this uh, weeks ago when Pete Carroll was announced that he wasn't going to be returning as head coach. Ownership's going to change hands in Seattle. I mean, how much does that play a factor? Because the guy going there is not going to be the new owner's pick. Yeah, I mean, if they're selling in two years, then, you know, and you're a, a, a first-time head coach, and, you know, you know there's going to be some adjustments. Yeah, and if somebody buys the Seahawks, like, let's say they buy the whole thing from the Allen family. Mm-hmm. Let's say they buy the MLS team, the Seahawks, the temp, the they got the Trailblazers. What is that? An eight billion dollar investment? <laughs> Whatever. I mean, what, what, I mean, it's got right. I mean, the football team's worth at least yeah. six. At NBA least team NBA is... team's got to be worth two. I mean, yeah. what is that? A nine billion? You you're changing everything. Yeah. Starting probably with the NFL team, the biggest investment. So, I think John Snyder's an awesome GM. He's a really good dude. He's one of the few people in this business who becomes a GM and then doesn't immediately turn into a jackass. Like, he's bucked that trend in a big way for a long time, despite having real success. Went to two Super Bowls. Won one. Should have won them both. Uh, So, I think that could be a really good fit. I don't want that quarterback. Like, if I go there, I want to get on a plane, fly down to Mobile, and start looking at quarterbacks immediately. Like, Geno for a year or two, maybe, as a transition guy. But, like... Can we win a bunch of games in the watered-down NFC with Geno? Sure. Are we winning a Super Bowl with Geno? No. No, we're not. We're not. So, there's qu- look, there'd be questions to be asked on both sides. Uh, if they can keep them, I mean, that that would be awesome. It, and you've alluded to it a little bit, I think, but do you have any feel right now on these two jobs with everything that's happened in the last couple days? So, there the Commanders and the Seahawks, do you have a feel at all? I mean, the guy the commanders wanted to hire just told him no yeah. like an hour ago. So, I mean, do I have a feel? I mean, again, I, I would think that Bobby Sloak would make a lot of sense. He knows yeah. the GM. It's the offensive side of the ball. He was smart enough to know that the Panthers are a wasteland and the Titans are a wasteland. So let Canales and, and Callahan take those. <clears throat> that would make a lot of sense to me. And then again, Seattle, that owner's a wild card. Like, she's ultimately calling the shots, not John Schneider. I didn't think she'd want Quinn because that's like a younger Pete Carroll, and she just finally got Pete Carroll out of the coaching seat, right? And so, and if Vrabel is close with, with Vrabel and Schneider have a really good relationship, I think they'd work really well together. But if John had the jam to get that done, and that's who he wanted, I think it would have, why are we waiting? Yeah. Right? That would have happened. You could have done that two weeks ago. So... McDonald, I mean, he 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 probably will floor them. He'll knock them out. Like, it would make a lot of sense. That's been one of the things that's <laughs> been a little befuddling is we've heard nothing on the Mike Vrabel front. I mean, I, I you would have thought that he was going to be a hot commodity after being let go from the Titans, and it, we even heard a peep. Yeah, it was kind of surprising when when Vrabel got let go and. Well, you, you kind of called it. Surprising to me. <laughs> you called it, but I, I, some in some circles it was surprising. But yeah, he has not. And again, the Titans have not been good the last couple of years. But they went to the playoffs multiple times. They got to an AFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with him, it's a little bit of you know, does he have a little bit more Belichick in him than not that he coached under Belichick, but he was there. He was there as a player. Like he's got, you know, he he can be pretty strong willed and. 
some of these owners would much rather go with a younger guy, a little cheaper, and who's not going to have as many opinions about personnel or what color the wallpaper should be or what time we should eat lunch and all that stuff. And, you know, I think Vrabel has, I think, earned the right to have some of that in his profile. Um, I think the question for Vrabel, too, would be about his offenses, right? And like, okay, so we don't have a 2,000-yard rusher here. We don't have Derrick mm-hmm. Henry in his prime. Who's your offensive coordinator? You know, what? how do you coach? The, how do you believe the quarterback position should be coached? Well, quickly, before we hit a break, assuming McDonald leaves, I mean, it seems like everyone's been wanting to talk to everybody on defensive this staff. staff. Of course, and rightfully yeah. so. And Denard Wilson has been, we've been a big fan of Bobby D. Are you reaching out to him immediately for the defensive I've already had, if it's gig? me, I had I mean, that discussion it, before it, the playoffs started that if yeah. McDonald takes a job, you're our guy. And we'll work everything out and we'll pay you handsomely. But, you know, take these interviews, you know, of course, like learn about them, bring that information back to us. But you're the next man up. That's what I would have done. Coming up next, we'll get to the Terps. And we get, obviously, with what happened Sunday, we couldn't get to what the Terps did on Saturday yesterday. But the Terps uh, took on a team that was right now considered a, a tournament team, played them at home Saturday, and blew out the Corn Oscars. We'll recap next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. <laughs> Spreads the job. Oh, he He'll launch another one. And he just cleaned another one. That was from the Xfinity marker. Young outside drains the three-pointer. Seven points for the game in his first triple of the afternoon. From the quarter, Kaiser with a three. Yes! Another one for the young freshman. That's the that is four for the game for him. But this is the one game I was really worried about just because how well they shoot the basketball. You know, we got off to kind of a little bit of a shaky start, but I thought Jahari and Jamie came in and gave us a huge, a huge lift. You heard the highlights. Uh, Johnny Holiday on the call with Chris Naki. Game heard right here on 1057 The Fan. And on Saturday, Jason Lockenbora in attendance. Jamie Kaiser legacy game. Ooh, We've yeah. been waiting for this. Reputation as a shooter coming in. Finished with 14 points, 4 or 5 from 3. They got 25 bench points in this game. They go games. Like, you can put yes. four games together where they don't get 25 bench points. They coast to a 73-51 win over a Nebraska team that most people had in the tournament going into this well, game. Nebraska came into the game shooting the lights out of the ball, and this was another one where, and we'll talk to Coach uh, ex-coach Naki about this, Chris Naki, a little later in the show. Like, it was another kind of sluggish start, and they weren't defending the perimeter, and Nebraska was getting off early, and then things settled down. Juju started seeing more of the ball. He started dominating the boards. And then, yes, they had an inside-outside going, the likes of which they've rarely had this season. Um Look, they obviously came into that game on a bit of a roll. They were able to win. They were able to win in a comprehensive fashion, and I think it came at the perfect time because, to your point, they were able to play way more bench than we're used to. Those guys produce, so they're confident. And now, at a time when, let's face it, right, he'd been using about a a six-and-a-half-man rotation, they get a week of practice. The starters didn't have to play as much and certainly not as much tough minutes against Nebraska because of the nature of that game. Then you get a week before you go to Sparty. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, if he decides he only wants to play six guys against Sparty, I get it. It's weird. This is kind of the doldrums of the season. Like this is when the grind starts feeling real. 
and they've got this great pause in their schedule, and they maximize that by not having to just lean on five or six guys. To, to That Nebraska game was over really at the half. Yeah. So that was a job well done, and it was great to see um, the way they kicked the ball around. I mean, everything was unselfish. Jameer was kind of just along for the ride for the most part. Like, he didn't have to carry the weight. No. He wasn't even bringing the ball up court all that often. Like, they really were able to get him off his feet. Uh, that's what I was going to say. That was one of the more impressive parts where if you're saying, hey, Maryland's going to win by 22 and Jameer, you know, doesn't have the prototypical Jameer Young game, you're like, oh, geez. But the bench, I mean, Ken, it was only a couple of games ago. Northwestern, they had zero points off the bench that game. And what was really impressive in this one, uh, of course, the three-point shooting, but they dominated the glass. I mean, offensive rebounds, 17 to uh, Nebraska. Juju was on a mission. Oh, he was, yeah. 15 and 16. 15.16 boards in this game. Juju Reason, we've talked about him all year. Like, sometimes he's a monster, and sometimes he kind of disappears. Well, he was back to being a monster. Dante Scott was all over the court, too. Like, he was working his tail off. Harris Um, Smith played real well. Yes, he did. Uh, I mean, look, it's... you you can start to concoct scripts and schemes where they're we're broadcasting the Terps in March Madness and we're preempted. We don't have a show because the Terps are playing somebody yeah. in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They're like, tied it, for it, fifth it, right now yeah. in the conference. Like And they've they've already shown the ability to win more on the road this year yep. than all of last year. Correct. Better wins too. Their only road win last year was a bad Minnesota team. Right. And you think the recent losses were, I mean, they're at the buzzer. Two-point loss to Michigan State. The Northwestern game, three was one possession. Uh, Minnesota was a one-possession game as well. So, I mean, it, they are this close to being on, what is that, seven-game winning streak? Right and, there? and the other thing, I don't expect Jamie Kaiser to do this every game, but yeah. if this gives him enough confidence to see the ball go through the hole like that, that he can be a guy that hits a couple a game, then that's something that they haven't had all year. Like That, that this would is, be huge. Yeah. The, the, to have that guy. Yeah, I'm not saying four or five. Yeah. A couple. Yeah. And I think Jahari Long needs a shout-out as well because yes. the past couple of games, he's been more than solid off and, the bench. And again, he's now given them quality minutes to the point where He's bringing the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Jameer pulling this thing all the time. It doesn't have to be Jameer on the ball, on the ball, on the ball, on the ball. Like, that was, to me, a, a, a refreshing development. Coming up next, we get back to football, and we have a Super Bowl. It's going to be San Francisco and the Chiefs. That game can be heard a week from Sunday right here on 105.7 The Fan. Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network. We'll talk NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game. What happened to the Lions and Ravens? And, and we'll probably touch on the Super Bowl with Cynthia next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 